Welcome back, my brother. I hope this past week has been one of rest and relaxation. You deserved it. In the Vatican Museum, there are many works of art, many beautiful marble statues, busts, and so forth, that really call to mind what we as human beings are capable of. There was one that I gazed upon, and it was a bust. And the left side of that bust was a demon. The right side was an angel. And a sign beneath it said, Hominus Mortalis, mortal man. And it really depicts what we as human beings are capable of. We are truly capable of making the great artwork, the great architecture, the great literature, the great deeds that we can do for one another. And we are also capable of doing the most heinous things to one another. History is filled with these events. We don't have to look much further than last week to see the events of how heinous we can be to one another. What causes this? How did this come about? There are a multitude of questions that have been asked throughout time, like, who created all this? Why did he create it? Why does bad things happen to good people? Who are we? And what are we about? Our scripture passages today give us some idea of how our forefathers in faith looked upon these questions and how they attempted to answer it. And it's interesting of the characters that involved in these episodes. But really to understand it, we have to go back to what Genesis tells us. In the beginning, God created. And he created human beings, Adam and Eve, in his image and his likeness. They had everything they needed. What more was there that they could want? Well, the serpent tempted them, and that temptation led them to envy God. They weren't happy with him giving them everything. They wanted to be gods themselves. And so we see that evil, that demon, enter in to our capacity and our actions toward one another. Well then, what about this character, Abram? Notice God initiates the action. He comes and he tells Abram, I want you to leave everything. I want you to go to a place I'm not going to tell you where it's at. And I want you to follow my word. What is he asking for from Abram? One word. Trust. Trust me. I don't know about you, but every time somebody says to me, trust me, the hair on the back of my neck raises up. This person wants something from me. Well, it's really God wants something from us. That something is called obedience. That something is called a willingness to accept 
God as he is and become all he is asking us to become. And so Abram goes and does what God asked him. And because of that, we have that mural on the wall. We have that beautiful thing of our patriarch. Our patriarch who is willing to step out in faith, wondering, questioning, but stepping out. The book of Hebrews tells us about the celebration of the Passover. What is the celebration of the Passover? Why do we even recollect the Passover? Well, it was God listening to the prayers of his people, the people that Abraham started, who found themselves 430 years in slavery. And this meal, my best friend was of the Jewish faith, and his family used to have me over as a goim, that is an observer at their Passover meal. And the beautiful part of that is, the tradition is brought forth by the youngest in the family asking the question, what does all this mean? Why are we doing this? Then the oldest, or a rabbi, if the rabbi is present, will explain the history of the people of Israel, the events that set them free. What a marvelous way of celebrating. What do our celebrations mean to us? How are we to celebrate them? How are we to live them out? It's a difficult question, isn't it? Each Sunday, we all show up, we do our best, we listen to the readings, and then we're sent forth, sent into that world, that world that is filled with temptation, that world that is filled with things that can bring about jealousy and envy in our own being, are looking upon what was once a friend as an enemy and are succumbing to it. This succumbing to evil can happen in any form that you can think of. Right now, the big topic is on guns. But there are other weapons that people use to destroy human life. And those weapons are just as violent. Those weapons are just as fatal. And just recently, an individual killed three people with a machete. We had another person killed in New York with a ball bat. So we still have that tendency to, in our frustration, in our jealousy, in our envy, to strike out. Why do we strike out? This is the question that plagues each and every one of us. Why do I have to go around looking over my shoulder, being worried about that individual walking toward me? Why? Why can't this be some other way? Well, it can. It can be some other way. If we but become truly people of faith, of hope, and of love. These scripture passages tell us about people of faith. They say how their response led them to hope and how that hope allowed them to love. 
That's the counter to evil. Love, love one another as I have loved you, said Jesus. Beautiful passage from the Gospel of Matthew. We had it this past week at the daily readings. And there, Jesus and his disciples are going to Caesarea and Philippi. Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, who do people say that I am? And they give him the old uh, Gallup poll answers. Well, some say Jeremiah, some say one of the prophets, others say John the Baptist. And he kind of, you can just almost see him shaking his head going, no, 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 enough for the Gallup poll. Who do you, who do you say that I am? That is the question you and I must answer day in and day out. Who do we say that Jesus is? What do we expect from him and the promises he has made? And how do we make those promises a reality? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Whoever comes to believe in me will have life everlasting. Isn't that the goal we're seeking? Isn't that what Adam and Eve lost? Isn't that what we want to grasp and hold on to so that when our journey ends, there's something more? And God says, trust me, there is something more. And if we remember the prophets who doubted, when they were called, a lot of them had all sorts of excuses. Moses says, I can't speak. Okay, I'll send your brother. He'll speak for you. Jeremiah, the prophet, says, I'm too young. I'm too young. He says, no, you're not. I have chosen you. You will be my word. You will bring my people to righteousness. There come a point in Jeremiah's journey where he says, you duped me, O Lord, and I let you do it. Every time I say something that you have told me to tell to the people, they want to kill me. Why? From this moment on, I'm not going to say another word. And guess what? The word welled up within him and he couldn't hold it back and he continued to proclaim. This is what we must make our own. No matter what our excuses are, no matter how we try to ignore God's word, we are called. We are chosen. And as our ancestors in faith, the Hebrew people, we join with their great Shema and say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, he alone. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your being. At the end of Mass, I will say, go forth. I'm commissioning you to go out in that world filled with the temptations, filled with antitrust, and say, I believe.